Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, we uh, we survived. Yes, I. Uh, but I have survived. to. I have to tell you, uh, I erred on the side of caution, and I turned my cell phone and my iPad off, and uh, I squirreled. I squirreled them away, and you know, Bill, for a couple of hours, life was good again. I was at peace. Yeah, you know what's interesting though? I was sitting talking with my wife. And uh, there were times we would say something, and I'd say, well, let me check. And I realized I didn't have my phone to check. I'm so used to uh, checking on things with my cell phone or my iPad that I felt a little lost, you know? Yeah, well, we've gotten used to that. I mean, yeah. yeah. But, you know, when you turn turn it off, you know, you're you're lost to important information. Yeah. Now, one could sit there and say, well, maybe I have a way of turning off the phone and having an AI in it that would sit there and be on the lookout for the things that I wanted to look out for and alert me to that stuff. But the problem with that is you can't own the AI program. It's on a mainframe somewhere that somebody yeah. evil could manipulate. Now, yeah, that's true. Somebody could make a software that was an AI type software that, is yours and it could go seek out and then say hey jim i've got this top 10 list yeah Do you want to see it well you know, you know you know it's funny that that little device that's over my shoulder that i don't want to say its name because it'll ask me what i want so that little device i have on a, a table away from me that mm-hmm. that uh that is owned by the amazon corporation i'm not going to say its name but uh it does that it will say to me, uh, would you like to know the, the Pirates score? Or would you like to know the Red Sox score? Or you want to know uh, how the Penguins did tonight? It it throws these things out there uh, during the course of the day and uh, because it knows that I ask, I ask a lot about the different scores and things like that. You know, so it does kind of uh, work with you. It gives you suggestions. Uh, but you know yeah, what? You know, Bill. By. You know what happened yesterday when I was sitting there uh, without my phones. Uh, mm-hmm. I realized uh, this is what it could be like if we have a war, if we have some kind of national emergency where our communication systems are down, and you do feel uh, uncomfortably naked. isolated. You know, you feel naked. You yeah. feel like you 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 don't have the information. That you have now. The information can be a great thing, but unfortunately, because it is corralled and controlled by, you know, the evildoers, then, yeah. you know, you're also vulnerable, very vulnerable. Back in the 1800s, you know, the, the most uh, be- best they had in communication was the telegraph. Oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. Can't take over the world with a telegraph, I can tell you that. No, they, and that was a big deal, boy. When they could finally talk uh, by telegraph between Europe and the United States, that was a major accomplishment. But, you know, before that, if you wanted to send a message to England, you put it on a ship and you sent it off, and maybe two weeks or three weeks later they would get the message. You know, sometimes yeah. wars would end. You know, they would hear about the end of the American Civil War two or three weeks after, you know, the war was over. Well, you you could send a message that there's uh, something of grave importance going on. Yeah. And by the time it got there, yeah, it's not so grave, not so important anymore. We kind of cooled our jets. Yeah. You know, with the immediate 
now is everybody reacts. Well, you know, the thing about uh, the American Civil War is it was one of the first uh, communications wars because mm-hmm. uh, guys like Abe Lincoln would go down to the uh, Telegraph Center in Washington, D.C., and he would get updates on different battles while the battles were actually happening. You know, like he, he kept an update uh, on Gettysburg, the Battle of Gettysburg, because they were sending messages back and forth to D.C. And uh, that's why many times the enemy, one of the first things they would do is try to cut the uh, communications lines down. But they had developed a, a signal corps back then, and the signal corps, mm-hmm. were, were, they would, their job was to you know, reconnect those lines if they had been destroyed. They just didn't let them dangle, right. you know. But uh, yeah. anyway, uh, it was a strange feeling, Bill, to be kind of in the dark yesterday. And I thought, boy, if we ever get into a situation with no communication, uh, it's going to be kind of a lonely situation. And and that's why we've suggested in the past, folks, that you might want to get some uh, uh, walkie-talkies, some handheld devices, maybe even get a a desktop uh, uh, CB or ham radio, shortwave or something, so that you can uh, reconnect with someone. Uh, down the road, you know, the old-fashioned way, via radio. Yeah, there's actually a ham frequency that's available to the public that doesn't require a license. Really? It has like a 50-mile range, I think it's GPRS, or something like yeah. that. I don't remember the the exact thing, but you would see it's not a walkie-talkie. It'll have the G uh, GPRS or whatever. It's, you can get them at Walmart. Uh, really? You know, yeah, I was going to say Kmart, but that went the way of the Fugawi Indian. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you can get it. You can get it online and have it delivered today or tomorrow and probably get a great deal. And they even have them for, you know, mobile units and a little antenna that's about maybe three inches tall that can go on the roof of your car and you can sit there and communicate for distances. Yeah, that's, and a, that's it's important. Not crowded. Yeah, and it's got a lot of frequencies on it, you know, very important. I have one of those. I'm just, I don't have it hooked up, but I have one of those. And um, you actually, there's a relay system out there, too. You could actually, um, that's available, that you could sit there and talk to, be in Boston you know, and maybe talk to Bill, somebody if, in Philly. If, if you get a chance, and I know you're busy and stuff, but if you uh, see one online, if you could uh, maybe bookmark it and let me know what it is so that I could uh, take a look at it, because I, I'd be interested in getting myself a, a, more of a long range unit. I do have CBs and stuff like that, which get out a couple of miles. But uh, you know what you're talking about is something more long range, which is yeah. There's a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah, you got the ham frequencies out there, and you know, and those are kind of the hobbyist and things. And they have they have big towers and relays, and you know that's going to be your communication if something bad were to happen. Speaking of something, one, speaking about something bad that happened yesterday, I don't know whether you've seen this or not, but mm-hmm. I would suggest that people who haven't seen it go on uh, the internet uh, and do a search for. Just use the search uh, uh, "immigrants Juarez C C Puedo." That'll 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 bring up the video that uh, I want you to see. I'm going to play just the audio from that video for a second. And while you hear these people screaming and charging, and that's basically all you're going to hear, I want you to imagine, close your eyes, and imagine tens of thousands of people en masse, that means all together, charging our border and the border guards, and they being overwhelmed. Listen. (laughs) 
Well, you know, Mayorkas is now admitting that, uh, yeah, we got a border problem and that we need to have a border wall. Gee, well, uh, you didn't know, Joe... You know what he said in the past. Is our border secure? Our border is secure. Border is secure because we are maximizing our resources to deliver the most effective results to our border with the most extraordinary workforce in the world. The border is not open. It has not been open, and it will not be open subsequent to May 11th. Now he's singing a different tune. And then you've got Corrine Jean-Pierre, who had a uh, momentary breakdown because, uh, you know, the question of illegal immigrants and the border came up. And, you know, you can only lie so much and tell a story so long, but eh, she's out there. So when the president looks at what's happening at the border, he sees a border that is effectively closed. What I'm saying is that the president, without the help, without the help of Republicans, is doing everything that he can to deal with the border. That's what he's been able to do. While Republicans try to push forth a CR to limit, to take away uh, the federal the federal agents that we see at the border. That's what he's trying to do. They're trying to politicize it and make it worse. Make it worse. That's what Republicans are trying to do and make turn it into a political stunt. The president is actually dealing with the issue that's in front of him by getting record funding, 25,000 federal agents at the border. That is something that this president has been able to unbelievable this lady has no shame none at all she will look directly in the eye and lie to your face and you're supposed to believe her okay uh and i i would submit that some of the washington press on the left uh do carry her water too but you know what biden has said about the wall you know even though myarca said i think we need a wall biden said this Um, There will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration, number one. Number two, what I'm going to focus on, and and uh, uh, the fact is that somebody in this group written a lot about the border. Uh, (laughs) He's so confused. But not another foot of wall was the key part of that talk. Well, you know, he stopped the building of the wall. He's tearing it down. He's taking the components that Trump that, you know, God and we had there all ready to go, and he sold it off for pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're tearing it down, breaking it. I think, though, the agenda is they are going to turn this thing around and and then admit, well, yeah, there's a border crisis, and lay it on Trump's doorstep and then go back and ask for money where they're going to put some pork in there, too, to rebuild this wall and build it and finish it and then take credit for it, that it was all the Democrats that did it. It had nothing to do with Trump. Well, i got to tell you, folks, the problem is you, Trump. if you think it's not having an effect on your state, you are sorely mistaken. No, I, no, no, no. Case no. in point, let me, let me explain what ha- what's happening uh, in the Northeast, in yeah. the Bay State, in Massachusetts, okay? Yeah. Uh, this weekend is the Army-Navy football game at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. That's the home of the New England Patriots. That's the home of the New England Patriots. Well, uh, a lot of people booked the Army-Navy game uh, rooms, and they're all set, and they had all these plans made, and they got word this week uh, that the rooms were taken back, the reservations were canceled, because they're putting illegals in those rooms in all of these nice hotels. I'm talking about hotels that are uh, A hotels and double A hotels. I mean, really nice places to stay that were booked by tourists, Americans, 
most of these people who are going to the Army-Navy game are veterans. You know, they, they're bringing their families down. They're, they're graduates of West Point and uh, Annapolis, and they're proud to see this game. It's an important part of their life. But Massachusetts Governor uh, Healy, she, she's, mm-hmm. a, she's a piece of work, I'll tell you. She declared, oh, we have a state of emergency. Mind you, she encouraged these people to come into her state, but now they're kind of overwhelming her state. So now we have a state of emergency. And because of that, I think she's directly responsible for uh, canceling those reservations and sticking illegals in those hotels. And by the way, you know what those illegals are doing? They're doing nothing. They're lying around their rooms. They're watching TV. They're eating on you, on your ticket. They are living the the life of luxury. They're doing nothing well, but but uh, goofing off. They can't get jobs because the, it's not legal well, to hire them. And, you know, a lot of these people, and I'm not trying to make fun of them, but they come from destitute, desolate areas where their their hygiene's not that great. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they defecate and urinate in the mattresses and the oh, beds gosh. or in the rooms. Well, and they, you're going to have they, bed bugs and all kinds of lice in there. And I mean, any of these hotels in Massachusetts that that have given up the rooms in the state of emergency, where you know all the rooms have been canceled, and for illegal immigrants, you know, if that hotel did it. Take that off your list. Well, all for a I can tell you is, they... I, I, I would make a note of the hotel to cancel my reservation. I wouldn't go back to their Well, that's their what hotel. I'm saying. You know, yeah, it's not their fault. But then again, they should have just sat there and said, you know, forget that. Well, We're well, not going to Couldn't, couldn't they have pushed back? If they're, if they're a private business, a private enterprise, why couldn't they have said, no, we're not doing that. We're not going to. Uh, I, I think there's probably some kind of uh, thing that they have to adhere to in an emergency. It's like airlines give up planes. Yeah, for they the probably military. have licenses they'll lose. Yeah, uh, you state will licenses. lose that license, yeah. but it doesn't matter. You know, I've got uh, reservations, uh, you know, or we got reservations here for a weekend at a little resort you, area. Boy, you but, better check them, Bill, before you, you get know, up there. Yeah, I'll check them before we take the little trip over there because if it's canceled, you know, I would say, you know, that little sweet haven that uh, we always uh, get away to, yeah. it would be off the list because it's it's kind of crazy. Well, folks, you know, you have to understand that's that's uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts. Now, if you're saying how close is that to the border, uh, go get a map, okay? And look in the upper right-hand corner of the United States. Over toward, if you think, if you look at the state of Massachusetts, you see that that little flexed arm. That's Cape Cod, and not too far from the uh, armpit or of that uh, arm, or actually for the the, the bicep yeah, of that yeah. arm, is Foxborough. Okay, and now take a a, a a ruler and draw a line to the border, and yet ask mm-hmm. yourself, how the heck did all these people get there? Yeah, oh, that's Joe Biden. That's Joe Biden taking your taxpayer funds, your taxpayer dollars, and getting all these buses and airplanes and flying these strangers up into uh, into these different states. You know what's interesting, Bill? Uh, when Elon Musk was down on the border last week, and he did a great job. He did a great job. He went down to see for himself just how bad it was. He noticed that uh, one guy, for example, had three teardrops tattooed on his on his cheek. That's a prison thing. No, what it means, each teardrop is uh, is uh, a signal of a murder that he committed. Yeah. And so uh, there are three teardrops, and he said, how can this guy uh, 
be allowed in the country. And the Border Patrol agent said we have, we have no cause to uh, stop him. You can't stop him for a tattoo. But everybody knows the tattoo means that he's a killer. So what they're doing is they're allowing people like killers, like that guy, into our country. Do you think he's going to change his habits and be a new person? Or is he going to join the local affiliate of your, uh, your, uh, your local gang? And uh, be an enforcer, maybe. Maybe use his talents that he uh, honed in Mexico or Honduras or one of these other countries and use it in this country. Well, if he just, you know, chose that life to where he can take a life, he has no value on your life, let alone his own, because he knows that goes with the territory, too. If you're going to kill somebody, you can be killed. So he has no moral values, no value of your life or his he is just, that's what he is. Unbel- He's unbelievable. a killer, and he shouldn't be here because that is not our value system. And, and week in, week out, you and I talk about what's happening on the border, and nothing, nothing is being done. Nothing. You and I talk about it like it's a, a broken record. No, but a lot of people don't, by the way. Uh, I, a lot of shows talk about a lot of different things. But we kind of remind you uh, regularly that the border is still broken. And mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've noticed that that's the way the news cycle is right now. You know, we were just talking a little while ago about uh, all these different things that were happening around the country. And like, like Hawaii, how long ago was uh, Maui? Maui was maybe end of August. August, let's say yeah, it two happened. Two weeks or middle of August. Yeah, middle of August. Maui happened. It was a major crisis. It was thousands now of people we've forgotten were forgotten about it. Nobody talks about it anymore. Well, the they, people in Maui do. They they do because they're still living it. But the news has turned them off, and they're yeah. way far away on an island out in the. Bill, Pacific. they still haven't found those kids. There's still oh, two thousand kids that are unaccounted for. Two thousand. Oh, trust me, somebody knows where those kids are. They're accounted for all right. Yeah, yeah I'm, unfortunately, way. Bill, I, I regret to. You're absolutely correct. Somebody's got them. Somebody oh, yeah. has got them. And, uh, it, but, you know, you don't hear about uh, are there any more uh, PSAs about uh, them needing money for the Maui Fund? Or No, it's mm. everything is just sort of faded away. You know, we haven't heard, well, we'll say it again like a broken record. You never hear about what happened in East Palestine. Is East Palestine okay now? I mean, East Palestine, my God, that's old news. That had to be like the beginning of the summer. And and all of a sudden that's disappeared. I mean, they had a massive explosion in East Palestine, Ohio, that dumped tons and tons of poison all over the community and the rivers and the you water can't supplies. Clean that up overnight. Bill is still in. Nobody's cleaning it. Nobody's. No, cleaning. I know. We we've abandoned those people, and that's going to be health risk down the road. But you know what? It's going to be 20, 30, 40 years from now. It's going to be a health risk for somebody. Joe's going to be long gone. Hillary's going to be long gone. Soros is going to be long gone. The old Democrat system is going to be long gone. Yeah, they'll be replaced by someone else who is a believer in their their ungodly philosophy. There's always yeah. somebody to carry but the talk. They'll blame torch. it on somebody good. And say, well, you know, somebody back then. You know, I mean, Trump will be the poster child of everything that the Democrats did wrong. They're gonna. They're trying to hang. If Trump hang gets it on in, though, doorstep. if Trump gets in, I truly believe he'll have people into the East Palestine area almost immediately. 
to rectify now, the, it. The interesting thing is, you know, with, um, you know, what happened with uh, Kevin McCarthy and, and now the speaker right. position is open and it can be anybody. You could be the speaker of the house. I could be the speaker of the house. You or the listener could be the speaker of the house. If uh, you get nominated and get voted in, you know, and uh, first I think Trump was going, no, 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 no. You know, he was going to do whatever. And now he's saying, yeah, if I get Speaker of the House, if they if they want to put me in, uh, whatever's best for the country. That doesn't mean he wouldn't be running for president. Did you notice that, uh, uh, I guess it was uh, while they were doing the voting, Trump put a thing on Truth Social that said, why is it that Republicans fight amongst themselves when they should be fighting the woke left Democrats? And, and that's what that media. But that was the comment. So the media jumped in that saying, oh, he's uh, making an anti Matt Gates comment. It wasn't an anti Matt Gates comment. As a matter no. of fact, we learned later that Matt Gates was in communication at times with President Trump and uh, they were kind of on the same page, although they didn't come out. He didn't come out directly and say that he implied that uh, they were on the same page. So, you know. Um, I kind well, of the think... media likes to sit there and interpret everything and speak for you instead of letting your words stand alone. And do you think it would drive the them judge. nuts, Bill? If if uh, if Trump became the Speaker of the House, by the way, if he were Speaker yeah. of the House, he would continue to run for the presidency. Yeah. Well, you know the other thing I do uh, that I noticed, you know, there was a time when Trump might have put on a few pounds, but he's taken them off. If you've seen him recently, he's taken off some pounds. So they show him at the courthouse ordering from McDonald's. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that's the healthiest thing to eat. Right. But he doesn't drink pop, and he doesn't do this. He, he doesn't, doesn't drink. He's not a drink. He doesn't drink booze. Yeah. So I'm sitting here going, okay, you know, 76, and he stayed in good health, and he's lost a lot of weight. You know, but they, they show that. And then Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, they ask him, you know, what could he do to be healthy? Well, you know, he could run around himself three times and then he'd be fit. Hey, Arnold, have you looked in the wind, uh, the mirror lately? You're getting kind of fat there, Jacko, you know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. I'm sorry, buddy, but, uh, you know, you put on some weight, too, and you were the, uh, you were the, uh, the, you know, the poster child of, you know, being built. I'm Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, let me you tell you. You fat Schwarzenegger now. Let me tell you something. The other thing is this. Uh, when you wonder whether it's okay to go back to Fox, you see something like what happened the day before yesterday with Brian Kilmeade, Tim Burchett, who is one of the eight guys who voted to have McCarthy uh, removed as speaker. He came on uh, the morning show yesterday. And Brian Kilmeade, who who years ago I thought was a, a decent guy and, and, and one of us, He's not one of us. No, no, no. no. Trust me. I've never he, liked the guy. I've always that. said he's a Democrat in disguise. Oh, he, he this guy, this guy, if he's anything, he'll follow the company line, whichever way the company goes. But to show, in the wind. to show his loyalty to the Fox uh, leftists who are running the company now, like Paul Ryan, uh, he must have thought that it would be a good idea to tear into – a conservative man of principle and religion, Tim Burchett. And uh, he came out sounding like a damn fool, okay? I'll leave it at that. Uh, Brian, uh, I would if, if I were programming a radio station that you were on. You'd be fired. Well, I don't know why I'd fire you, but, but we, we'd have you in for a long conversation. Uh, this is Brian Kilmeade. Listen to how he addresses a sitting 
a member of the United States Congress. Listen. What do you think is going to do for the Republican Party and chances of holding on to leadership in the majority when it looks like you're having you're the uh, ringleader of a circus led by Matt Gates, who likes to blow things up but not offer any new ideas? Are you happy following Matt Gates? Is that your leader? I'm not following Matt Gates. I made my own decision. I didn't ask Matt. But if Matt Gates didn't approval, challenge, you weren't going to challenge. Do what? If Matt Gates now, didn't stand up, you were going to challenge. You know I that. Believe I, I believe I would have. Oh, come I on. I, and there, and there, oh, well, please, you, know, you were praying please, about please. it one minute. The next minute you're going to lead an insurgency? So you don't think that praying about it's important? Is that what you're saying? One, one that's, minute you know, you're that's praying you're about how you're going to vote with Matt Gates. And the next minute you're going to lead an insurgency? Listen, you got a predetermined answer to everything. I, I no, I have, an, I have an opinion about what's going on. Do you have and an opinion, t- too? And you talk over me every time I try to make All a right, point. All right, make your point. The point is, is that we're $33 trillion in debt. This speaker was woefully, woefully lacking in leadership skills. He always placed the blame somewhere else. America is going to be better off with new leadership. And right. that's the bottom line. And who line. is it? Possibly, possibly it could be Steve Scalise. It could be Elise Stefan. It could be Roger Williams out of Texas. It could be... Um, uh, Mark Green out of Tennessee. So they all, supported, they all supported Kevin McCarthy, including the most conservative guy I know, Jim Jordan. Why are you smarter than Jim Jordan and, and the 210-plus Republicans? Why are you smarter? I represent my district, brother. And why are you smarter than me? You're right. condemning me well, because I'm just I, saying, I stand up on my own, and that's, that's I'm not what condemning I you. I'm questioning you. You don't like being no, you're questioned? Not. You're, no, you're just... You're, the line of questioning is very negative, and you know that, and I right. know that. You And, and when I, this is all over with, when this is all over with, and we have a new speaker and we're running smooth, let's have this conversation again. Good for you, Tim Burchett. He 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 yeah. politely nailed him. Uh, this guy was rude. He was abrasive, and he didn't know what the hell he was talking about, you know? And uh, Burchett... He, this guy was the kind. His approach was so negative. If it were a conversation on the street, you'd want to get into a fight with a guy like that. You know, he was mm-hmm. he was being that aggressive, that negative. What makes you smarter than than him? You see, he's saying you prayed in it one second, and the next second you uh, well uh, let an insurgency. Yeah, I think he showed where his religious heart is. He doesn't have one, and you know this. Uh, Brian killed me. No, what's his background? He was in the military, right? No. No, no Brian, Brian oh. Kilmeade's background was broadcasting. He was broadcasting. Uh, so, yeah, okay. the guy who was in the military was uh, Greg Kelly, who is now at Newsmax, right. and he, he, Greg Kelly, was a lieutenant colonel and a Marine fighter pilot, uh, and he uh, was part of the blockade of Iraq uh, right. back in the day. So right. he's had a, he's had a wonderful experience. They, and, they they talk about Kilmeade like he is something he's special, not. and I've never found him to be special. I found him to be. Very woke and very, he'll blow the way the wind blows. Well, you know what else he does? I mean, he's the kind of guy for the company where if somebody uh, uh, calls in sick or gets fired quickly, uh, uh, you can rest assured that they can, they will bring in Brian Kilmeade to cover his shift uh, at, a, at the drop of a hat. The guy they must have a Tucker. Yeah. He must have a room in the uh, studio. Uh, an apartment of some kind. Because, no, he's a suck up, is what you what you're. Yeah, basically you know, he's a suck up. And the other, you know, then you then you hear him say, "Well, will they consider so and so for Tucker's show?" No, no, you don't bring in the uh, the guy who does fill in to be the uh, the star of the new program. Kilmeade is Kilmeade is uh, 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 one of these guys that uh, he's a company guy. 
He's a co- if the company decided tomorrow to go like MSNBC, and by the way, be Fox, right there with it. Fox is kind of going that way. I I I worry about people like Maria Bartiromo and uh, Greg Gutfeld because they have not abandoned their principles. They still speak their minds, but for how long? Well, I think well, I I applaud them for speaking their minds because they're being surrounded by, you know, uh, the the lefties and. Yeah. Um, uh, because you know that that company has gone left. It never really was a conservative company. Um, it just kind of evolved, but they're plucking those feathers out. Well, you know the thing about Fox is it was run by Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes was the guy who literally d- he drew up the blueprints for for Fox News. He realized there was a, a market for. Uh, a network that leaned to the right because every other network back in the uh, mid nineties leaned to the left. And well, Fox sealed its fate during the elections in the call of Arizona when they sat yeah. down and called it early. And there was no, there was no reason at that time to do whatever. And it is still a question in Arizona about that election, you know, but, you know, once they called it, then the other big boys started to fall in line because they'd say, well, you know, that's the only time I heard NBC, ABC, and CBS go, you know, Fox has already called it because they wanted not to be left behind in that. Yeah. And, and so you're absolutely correct. If Fox had had a little courage and if Fox had done the right thing, uh, it might have actually pushed them to do the audit push them not to uh, be so corrupt. But because Fox welcomed, you know, they wanted to be in the fold of corrupt networks, uh, they figured, well, we're we're not going to be questioned by anybody of any importance. And, you know, back in 2020, Newsmax didn't have uh, a fraction of the reach that it has well, now. No, that, they were about to go. They were, they, they were, they were, um, they were a glimmer of hope. Yep. That really didn't have a future, and all of a sudden, thanks to Fox, they did. Now, Fox, now Newsmax seriously is uh, creeping up there and uh, starting to challenge these major cable news operations. But the problem is, you know, even Newsmax and uh, the guy that put it together, you know, I guess is a pretty good guy. But the point is. Everything, as somebody once told me, is for sale. Even if you go, oh, oh Chris, Chris Ruddy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if somebody came along with the right amount of money, they would have to sit there and go, well, you know, that's okay. true. Well, and, you know, and then people thought that CNN was going to be uh, turned around by John Malone's company, and they thought that things were about to change at CNN, and uh, it didn't happen. They got rid of Chris Lick, the uh, the liberal uh, guy who ran the place, but. They replaced him with other people who were just as uh, leftist as he was, and nothing has changed. It, which is sad because they used to be they used to be a proud news organization that you could count They're on to the give ones, you. Yeah, back in uh, back in the original Bush era, and we had the uh, the Iran War and everything going on. They're the ones that uh, they sent what Wolf Blitzer over there and. You know, if we didn't have them, you wouldn't have known about what was going on across the world. And yeah, you know, uh, I remember that, uh, and that that gave them their their credibility. Yep. They sure flushed it. They sure did. Um, anyway, uh, they asked Mitch McConnell what he thought about what happened to the speaker. You know, and McConnell, uh, 
I want you to listen to his answer. McConnell, even in his lucid moments right now, sounds a little uh, lost. He's not as sharp and as with it you know, as he used to be. You know, maybe it goes to that fall he took at the, at the Trump Hotel in, in D.C., but you know, we know he's had some moments where he's completely zoned out in the middle of a press conference. He didn't zone out in this one, but his answers weren't great. And by the way, he used to uh, end his press conferences with a, okay, guys, that's it. I got to go to a meeting. And, and, you know, there was some kind of a an exchange. Now he just, like a robot, turns to the left and walks away from the, ca- uh, the cameras and the microphones. This is Mitch McConnell. I'd like to start by thanking Speaker McCarthy for his service. Uh, we had a great personal relationship uh, trying to lead to very different uh, parts of the American government. Uh, I think he has much to be uh, proud of. Um, we avoided a government shutdown. We did the inevitable with regard to the debt ceiling. And I'm one person who's extremely grateful for his service. I have no advice to give uh, to House Republicans except one. I hope whoever the next speaker is gets rid of the motion to vacate. I think it makes the speaker's job impossible. And the American people expect us to have a functioning government. On the Senate side, we need to get our as many appropriation bills passed as possible. The majority leader has indicated that's what he would like to do as well. And he'll have plenty of cooperation from us in trying to achieve as close to a regular appropriations process as we possibly can. Then he turns... And he walks away, and no goodbye. Thanks for uh, good to see you guys. Or and it just he looked almost robotic, and his answer was nowhere near as crisp or as sharp as they used to be back uh, when he he needs to retire. And you know they got a safety clause for the guy because he's got several years left in his term, and the governor there has to replace him with a Republican. That is their yeah, safety net for him. I think that, that whatever they do in D.C. must be so enticing. It may be, must be so much of an elixir, you know, like they mm. they just can't let it go. I mean, Dianne Feinstein, she didn't retire. She died in office. Uh, she was asked whether she was going to retire. She, the lady was completely zoned out at the end, but she wouldn't let go of the reins. So was, the elixir, it's like it's like that uh, that uh, book series, and it was a movie back in I guess the seven or the eighties called Dune. Yeah, they, uh, they it was the spice. Yeah, everybody was addicted to the spice. So whatever the addiction is in D.C., yeah, it's got to be pretty potent there. That these people will grow, grow old, sell your soul. You know, and uh, take your kids and harvest them. Well, you know the thing. Uh, the thing. It. The thing about it is, no one has ever. And I, I can remember asking the question long before I was political, long before I, I was paying attention to what was going on. I used to ask, how do these guys get paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year salary 
and leave Washington millionaires. And people would say, well, you know, they had money in their political coffers for their reelection. But some of these people, like Nancy Pelosi, you know, she would walk out and suddenly she's worth $26 million. Well, let's look at that. Okay, let's they make 150000 But all their expenses are paid for. I mean, living, food, everything, transportation. So take that out of your budget right now, and that's money that you can put away. Um, That's number one. Number two, because of where they sit, they're privy to inside information. I got all this extra money. Should I do this little, uh, little investment right here? It might be something else. And I'm sure there are political perks some legal, some illegal that that come your way, uh, you can maybe buy stock in something and influence something. And, you know, I would think there would be some, you know, they're getting it through influence. And uh, you know, I know probably that they're illegal security trade. People are saying that her husband, he made money in the stock market. And, and how did he, but he got the information from insider trade. It's illegal, by the way. Just on. Uh, oh, yeah. Point of it, it's called insider trading, and you know. But the, she would probably come home. Nancy'd probably come home and say, "Oh, we're working on this new uh, bill that's going to enhance uh, 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 the agricultural uh, product, or you know, it was fertilizer or something like that." And all of a sudden, uh, the husband probably would go out and buy uh, millions of dollars worth of uh, stock and fertilizer, and it would go through the roof because the government did something positive to encourage the use of it. And uh, that's insider trading, folks. You know, yeah. they're they getting a unfair disadvantage on the average stockholder. Look at uh, Martha Stewart. Her thing is, I believe, you know, it was insider-type trading where she got, you could be sitting on a plane, and the passenger you're sitting next to, hey, so who are you? You introduce yourself. So uh, what are you on this flight for? Well, yeah. I'm going to San Francisco. I... Uh, just got a patent on this and you know i just got a deal this this thing is it's public stock now but boy when i get this you know it's going to be on every shelf in every convenience store in the country you'd be going oh, well, what do they call it 60? yeah what, what, what's it called uh, again uh, yeah yeah and what's it called again and you look it up oh a dollar 60 a share and if that goes up to 15 dollars and yeah. i buy a hundred thousand shares you know, I'm not spending that much money. I'm going to be rich. Now, That's I, insider trading. Now, if you ever hear me talking about stock, if you hear me discussing stock, ignore it. Ignore it because uh, yeah. I, I have, I'm have, uh, i notorious at finding stock that will do nosedives. So uh, don't, don't listen to what I have to say. But uh, I guess the difference is most of these people uh, get insider information from – directly from the source. They don't do it, get it from stockbrokers or, or other people. They get it from people who are, like, making the product. It would be like like Bill said, if you were on an airplane and the guy next to you is a software engineer and he's working on a major new product for Apple, you know, and all of a sudden, you, you know, you learn they're going to announce something which is going to go through the roof. So you go home, you tell your husband. He goes out and buys a lot of Apple stock and Bango, you've made millions. So, what I would recommend if you hear something like that, you're supposed to wash it out of your mind. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. If you do act on it, don't say a thing because that'll that'll hose you for life. Because yeah. once it gets out, you know, as innocent as that is, it's illegal. Crazy hey, enough. Uh, interesting. You know, they they have a new 
updated vaccine out. Uh, maybe you haven't heard about this, folks, but uh, it is um, the, the the latest round of they're anticipating that COVID is going to uh, do an uptick, although we're not in any. Oh, they're emer- already reporting that, but we're not in any emergency situation right now. Uh, it's it's not a crisis, but uh, what they did do is they the government, while you weren't paying attention, uh, they gave it emergency use uh, status. You know the the new vaccine. They uh, uh, you know usually you have to go through all this testing and stuff. Well, because they say it's emergency use, they can eliminate all those steps and just issue it to the people. So you're getting basically uh, a vaccine that they think is okay, but it hasn't been really tested, you know. And if it kills a few people, so be it. And uh, uh, it it, it is absolutely amazing. Uh, By the way, I don't know if you heard about this too, 75,000 Kaiser Permanente healthcare workers on in strike. California, Virginia, and three other states went on strike on Wednesday over staffing shortages. Mm-hmm. That's 75,000 Kaiser Permanente. I mention that because uh, in New York, in, this, in the New York City area, uh, they are now, I guess the different uh, hospitals are sagging under the sudden influx of Illegals who are swarming their emergency rooms. I think they, they said there are 30,000 uh, illegals that have, they were never expected. I mean, it was something that they hadn't planned on. They've still got the regular people knocking on their doors, but now they've got emergency rooms filled with all these strangers. So, what happens? We got all the illegals flooding the hospitals. All right. Geyser Permente is a big, 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 big. group. Oh, they're, yeah. they're from California, actually. Yep. And they, well, they're now in Pennsylvania because Geisinger sold out to them a couple of months yeah, ago. Yeah, it says here California, Virginia, and three other states, although they don't mention the states, but it probably is PA. Yeah. Yeah, it is because, yeah, Geisinger, yeah, forget it. They, they got it. And, uh, you know, they're, and they're big hospitals. Uh, so they got that. But anyway, back to the immigrants flooding the hospitals. And now if you have any kind of uptick supposedly in COVID, where are you going to go? Well, do? Yeah, I guess I'm we got to sure lock you down. You'll have management people running these uh, facilities. And uh, in the meantime, those management people are supposed to be taking care of management stuff, which they won't be able to do. And they're going to get way behind on ordering stuff and getting supplies in and hiring new people. Uh, it, it is going to be a mess. 75,000 people are, that's a lot of people who have walked off the job. Uh, and no one's, no one's talking about it. You know, Bill, uh, they are burying these stories under the big story of the speaker thing. And, you know, the, oh, they removed the speaker. And the, all they talk about is this speaker. Hey, folks, okay, McCarthy's out and nothing's going to happen for a week. Uh, move on for a while. Let's hear about other stuff. Every news program you turn on right now, well, McCarthy is still out. Have they picked uh, who's the the front runner in the race for the speakership? We'll find out well, soon enough. You know, what the Republicans need to do though in the Congress, they need to sit there and shut off the media and turn around and say, you know what, guys, we're going to be vigilant. We're not going to leave the White House. We're going to camp out here, or the you know the uh, in the chambers, and we are going to figure it out and get somebody in place. And get our agenda together and and 
beat the Democrats at their own. You know, Democrats sit there, they do everything lockstep. We've said that before. They've they follow their agenda. We do have, you know, a mission to do. We know what it is. Let's get let's get the leader in place. We and just do we, it. We had uh, Jim Jordan announce that he is uh, mm-hmm. he'd be interested in the position. Uh, he also had Steve Scalise announce. Steve Scalise is uh, he's going through cancer treatment right now, and uh, but they apparently it's been a pretty uh, optimistic uh, opinion as to how he's gonna how he's gonna do with this treatment, and uh, he he thinks he's well enough where he could actually be speaker. So. Yeah, Steve Scalise understands something, though, that these guys, like Jim Jordan, got up on the floor of the House a couple of nights ago, and he was telling everybody how he stood behind McCarthy. You know, we don't really know. I'm going to tell you something, folks. If you're the average listener like I am, we don't really know who these people really are. You know, we see Jim Jordan. He seems to ask all the right questions. But, you know, he, he's out there with his short sleeve shirt on and, and no, no coat. He looks like he's really working hard for the people. And he's, in these hearings, he always asks the tough questions. And he always, in an interview, will talk about how he's going to promise uh, this result and that result. But they never happen, okay? Now you have the same guy who is saying to the cameras, uh, we should keep McCarthy in. Even knowing all of the crap that McCarthy has done, he's on the floor speaking for McCarthy. Do you, do you kind of really want this guy to be the new speaker? Is he just going to be version, McCarthy version, you know, Well, there's point the two? old school thought that, uh, you know, sometimes you got to compromise to make a deal. But you know what? McCarthy needs to be the poster child of this. And no offense to him, he comes from that old school. Sometimes you got to make uh, some concessions to get what you want. All right? And he figured, and I think the American public f- figured, yeah, Gates is doing his thing, but <laughs> he'll never get voted out. The Democrats said, here's our chance. Boom. He's gone. Well, the, you know, the, the Democrats said, look, we voted against McCarthy because McCarthy promised us stuff, too. And lied. He was making deals where he'd talk to the Democrats, he'd promise them stuff, then he'd talk to some Republicans, and he'd promise them stuff on the same deal, and then uh, he would do none of it. He'd do, he would have lied to both sides of the party, uh, of, the, well, yeah. of the aisle, rather. And, I look at Democrats like uh, the old scorpion and, uh, you know, the frog, and the scorpion goes, hey, help me get across the road. And the frog goes, you're a scorpion. You're going to kill me when I get across the road. Well, that's what a Democrat is, because, yeah, the frog helps him across, and then the scorpion stings him. And you know, what would you do that? Well, you knew what I was when, you know, you met me. I am what I am. Yeah, well, Democrats are that way. They, they're they not going to help you. Don't make a deal with a Democrat, because they're going to stick you in the back. There are people and, like Marjorie Taylor Greene who would like to see Donald Trump as the speaker. Mm-hmm. And some people have said, eh, you know, he, he's, I don't, he's kind of busy and overwhelmed with a lot of stuff, but he seems to be the guy that can multitask. And uh, he hasn't said he's not interested. And people say, well, what about the presidency? Well, he would be the speaker until he's elected president. He, he, his, the way he's setting himself up for the speakership is if he, if he takes it, he's helping the country 
out while he's getting ready to be president. You know, it's not like a permanent job in his mind. He would sell it as I'm here temporarily. They've got a, a another year or so before the presidential election. I can kind of lay the groundwork, get the Congress in order so that they're ready to put a new speaker in that's going to do the job when I'm the president. You know, Letitia, when we're talking about uh, Trump, she's all of a sudden going viral and everything, and she's trying to play the race card against Trump. You know, and why? You yeah, know, well, why? She, she is a nasty piece of work, uh, yeah. Letitia James. Um, I got I to gotta play for you the audio, uh, if I can find it. This is uh, her after the court uh, hearing yesterday. Uh, uh, yeah, I heard this, yeah. Listen to what she said. Trump's comments were offensive. They were baseless. They were void of any facts and or any evidence. What they were were comments that unfortunately fomented violence, comments that I would describe as race baiting, and comments unfortunately that appeals to the bottom of our humanity. This case was brought simply because it was a case where individuals have engaged in a pattern and practice of fraud. And I will not sit idly by and allow anyone to subvert the law. And lastly, I will not be bullied. And so Mr. Trump is no longer here. The Donald Trump show is over. This was nothing more than a political stunt. Yeah, she's a piece of work, friends. First of all, yeah. in my entire experiencing watching from the sidelines, uh, I've never heard Trump race bait or be belittle any any minority, any any ethnic uh, or he is always sensitive to the people that he's talking with. He, he, for he, she calls his, his comments racially motivated, uh, mm -hmm. race baiting. What a crock of crap! This well, is number one that this is the overall excuse that they use all the time on the left when they're a minority. Uh, it's the Al Sharpton form of an argument. Everything reverts back to race. It is not race. And you know what? Uh, there is no crime here. You know, you're talking about, well, you know, she, she had a line that, you know, Trump's not as rich as he says he yeah, is. What a Wait a minute now. You know, besides money in the bank, you have assets. That asset, whether it's real estate or a car or what, you know, somebody, you know, can sit there and value it at a certain rate. You can value it the way you want to. Um, real estate is very, very subjective. And what they're trying to do is diminish the value even of the crown jewels that he has. And they are crown jewels and they are very subject, uh, subject, uh, subjective. And also, uh, he's got a brand name that's associated with with everything that he owns his name is his brand this is what and happens worth money when you hire when you elect uh incompetent people for uh, positions that have authority this lady no more should be sitting in the attorney general's office in new york uh than i do and i i haven't got a law degree uh well but she is totally incompetent she her the only thing that fuels her is uh, is attacks like this notoriety? She wants to be the center Look of attention. Judge. Look at the judge. There's not supposed to be cameras in the uh, in the courtroom yet. He's sitting there smiling and posing for the camera. You know, hey, here I am. Yeah, I'm the lefty that's going to take this guy down. 
Well, let me tell you something, Judge. You know, this yeah. thing is going to go well, on appeal, and you're just sitting there doing, you know, the, the, it starts with an S, and you're doing a show. And that's yeah, all it is. Well, it's a crap show. Yeah, well, you know, Trump was outside of the courtroom yesterday, and uh, he was obviously upset. I mean, he's, he, he's upset with the fact that the judge values his property at $18 million, and the judge has no more of a right to value Mar-a-Lago as uh, the guy who sells papers on the corner because the judge is not a real estate appraiser. The judge is not somebody who does this. He sits in a courtroom. I doubt that he's ever been to Mar-a-Lago, but he values it as, at 18 million bucks, and Trump was a little steamed. Listen. Mar-a-Lago is worth $18 It's kind of hard to hear him because he's talking outside in the hallway in a in the courthouse, which is filled with marble and stuff like that, and yeah. the microphones are not up next to his mouth. But he was really ticked off that that this judge would have the audacity to to value his property. Which, if you took two people, if you took Donald Trump with fifty years of experience uh, buying and selling real estate, and this judge more this doofus well, of a judge with no experience, and you put them together and you said, give us an evaluation of this property, who would you trust? The guy who's got 50 years of experience buying and selling properties or this woke doofus who has no experience at all? Well, my question is, they're talking about Mar-a-Lago, right? Yeah. That's in Florida, right? Right. What the hell does it have anything to do with a, you know, fraud case in in New York because they don't have jurisdiction over Florida well, real estate or property or the evaluate or the valuation of it. Sorry, doesn't well, work that way. It goes to his net worth. And, and maybe it's they're still, maybe mm-hmm. maybe they're trying to diminish uh Trump uh, in the eyes of the public. This maybe they want to they want to say well he's really not worth what he's but worth. The, let me let me just say to this judge, uh go outside of your courthouse and look towards uh, I think it's Columbus Circle. Uh, to Trump Towers, and 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 take a real good look at that building. That's owned by the guy who's in your courtroom. All right, that Trump Towers building, that huge, that by itself is probably worth uh, a billion or two uh, dollars. Uh, and uh, you're saying more than that? Oh my God, this this guy, uh, this judge is uh, making an ass of himself, and he doesn't seem to care. No, he doesn't. But he has no. He has no knowledge or authority or any legitimacy valuing a, a, a property off the top of my head. Oh, that, yeah. that moral logo is not worth it. I'm sorry. You can't do that, sir. And by the way, you know, Trump probably has a lawsuit against you and the city of uh, New York. And that is you let the immigrants come in. You let them defecate on the streets. You let the place go to hell in a handbasket which has diminished the value of his property because of your negligence, he has a lawsuit against you. Hillary Clinton, uh, she uh, trashed Trump yesterday. She called him a oh, wanna- yeah. wannabe dictator. 
during an interview on a PBS uh, program, uh, PBS NewsHour. Uh, PBS's Jeff Bennett threw a softball at Hillary and asked her if she thinks Trump Republicans are fascist. And uh, she said, uh, I do. I mean, she. this is another thing. Biden is setting up the MAGA movement as being uh, at least a partially fascist movement. Uh, mm-hmm. Now there's word that the FBI are starting to approach people who are uh, who consider themselves to be MAGA supporters to be yeah, they've, they've on the terrorist, terrorist term, watch yeah. list. So if yeah. you are somebody who's a uh, a MAGA person, maybe you have a MAGA sticker on your car, you can expect to be watched by certain certain people in your community. You're now uh, you're you're a terrorist. You know you're a part. Of, you know that's the other thing they're talking about. They're they're saying watch out for this coming summer. This coming summer, they expect more riots because that's what happened in 2020. They expect election. They exactly right. They're going to get and those things. Don't kid yourself. Those things are set up and staged. They are mm-hmm. set up and staged. They're they're already proving on a almost on a daily basis that the FBI had people involved in January 6th. That they knew about it months in advance. That it was staged. Yeah, but you're not going to hear about it from mainstream media. They're the ones that wrote the paper. It was the FBI that wrote up the game plan for January 6th. Did not come from Trump or any of his people, and it was done months before. Which me and then Pelosi had her meeting with people. They're still putting innocent people in prison because of it. Yeah, they're they're still putting, and they're the ones that did it. Yeah, it's like it's like RussiaGate, you know, and and that's blamed on Trump. Oh, but there's China. Yeah. Well, it's it's come out from James Biden that Biden and his wife Jill and the whole Biden family and clan were helping up, you know, Chinese communist operatives to acquire property and get things. Uh, how were what were they doing it for? Money. They get money for it. Here's I mean, the there's here's the article I was telling you about as of the 2024 election season as it heats up. The FBI has created a new terrorism category to yeah. to include Trump supporters. This is taking place at the same time the Biden regime is targeting President Trump with over 91 indictments on bogus criminal acts in several states. And it occurs as the demented president screams about MAGA during his public speeches. It, it, it's driving, it drives me nuts to see this guy uh, criticizing the MAGA movement uh, like it's uh, something that we should be afraid of. If yeah. you should be afraid of anything, you should be afraid of the Biden administration and uh, and the FBI. I mean, you know, the FBI, they, they seem to be, I'm not saying all the FBI, please understand that. There are a lot of dedicated good people who work there. It's a big organization and they do a lot of great day-by-day stuff. But I would I would submit that there are some people in upper-level management who don't have your best interest at heart, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this this is uh, these are dangerous times. But um, it says uh, MAGA and infiltrators caused 1.5 million dollars in damages. I think on January 6th, uh, the Black Lives Matter Summer of Love protest caused two billion dollars in damages. So even if you even if you believe that January six was was caused by the protesters, the demonstrators, which I don't, I think it was initiated by the government. 
But if you believe it was initiated by the protesters and demonstrators, they only did $1.5 million worth of damage total. And BLM, in, in the summer of love, you know, uh, their protest in Seattle and Portland and Minneapolis did $2 billion worth of damage. Unbelievable. And what did they get? <laughs> they got donations from corporations. You know. Anyway, Bill, I think we've done and What it. do we get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Uh, St. Peter, don't you call me because I ain't going. Because I owe my soul to the company store. See, when you get to or be to my Joe age, Biden. you were, yes, true. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, that's the a, devil. That's about it. We have uh, run this rope out, but uh, we're going to do it again tomorrow because, believe me, just when you think you can't find any more news, by this time tomorrow, we'll have a whole bunch to tell you about. And, yeah. and uh, uh, anything you want to add before we close the door on this sucker? No, because you, you hit all the uh, the topics that I had here in my little, uh, you know. Stack of stuff there? Back. Yeah, yeah. So well, we got everything. That's a good thing. I know one thing we, oh, by the way, if you want to reach us, our number is 833-538-7868. That's 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Uh, mail at jimandbill.com. Jimandbill at mail.com. We're hitting you on all the different bases. Yeah, a number of different ways to reach us. So uh, with that, sir, I think it would be appropriate for you to wake up the neighborhood. Oh, do you want me to uh, do it in Morse code? Or be no, I want you to it? do it the old-fashioned way. Hasta la vista, baby. We out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>